Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Empty Opinions Podcast. I'm your host, Alari Polanco. This is episode 170. And for this episode, I'm all alone. It's a solo episode. And look, typically, there would be a way to disguise this being as another solo episode with something that made sense. You know, typically, when I do a lot of episodes with guests, there tends to be that one episode that's just alone. And I just say, hey, I just wanted to check in with you guys. Well, most of the time I was just, you know, procrastinating and wasn't able to get a guest in time. And I'm always obvious, you know, I'm always clear with people. It's just like, it turned out I was just being lazy and I could always just do this podcast by myself. You know, that's a good thing about being talented at what you do. I don't have to rely on my guests. You know, I could just do a solo episode by myself, but this time is different because I definitely didn't really want to do another solo episode this soon after the last one, but so it's only been two weeks. It was a solo episode, then I had Jamar Root on, and now it's another solo episode. So I can even disguise it as, oh, I wanted to check in with you guys again because I did that two weeks ago. So what's the reason now? What's the excuse? Well, it is actually a legitimate excuse at the same time as not. I'll explain. So this episode, obviously, I was supposed to have a guest on. Um, but the problem was that this guest that I had scheduled for a certain time this past week did a no call, no show completely didn't show up. It was the second time being rescheduled too. So the first time it was supposed to be done was we weren't able to do it. So, you know, I just said, okay, whatever, we'll push it to next week. And then the next week came and the day of, I should have probably texted this person a day before, but even just that morning, I was just like, Hey, I always do this with all my guests. Hey, you know, just checking in with you to make sure you know, we're still good for the podcast and complete no call, no show, no text, no show. So the person has never responded while being very active on Instagram, which always, which used to bother me when people wouldn't respond to my text, but they would do shit on social media. But I quickly got over that because damn near everybody does it. And sometimes I even find myself doing it, but I just, you know, I just said, whatever. But so that part doesn't matter. But the part that really bothered me, obviously, is that no call, no show. And that's actually interesting because that that I, like I, I was thinking about it, like that was the first time that's ever happened to me. And I think that's why I was so like caught off guard by it. Like this is the 170th episode of this podcast, right? Been doing it for 170 weeks straight. That's never happened with, with any of the guests. Like whenever they cancel, they just cancel, right? Or they say, I can't make it. There's some communication, but there's never been a time where somebody just completely just to this. I mean, to this day, it's been like four days and, you know, she still hasn't responded. So just a complete no call, no show never happened to me. And that definitely threw me off guard. I was just like, okay, damn, you know, and I'm surprised that hasn't actually happened to me before. I don't know. I don't know why. I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because typically I try to get people who are just like, all right, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I was about to make a very harsh judgment. I don't know what's going on. It's shitty to not respond to something. You know, when you're do when you're supposed to be doing something with somebody and then not responding at all, like a complete no call, no show. That's not good. That's not professional at all. You know, and I try to treat my shit professional. So it sucks. I don't, you know, uh, well, what else can I say? So I resorted to doing a solo episode and I probably could have gotten a guest in that time. I could have, but I didn't even feel like scrambling to get a guest. 
I don't want to do that. Like, because whenever I scramble for anything, things often go wrong. So I just didn't want to do that. So, you know, I just said, fuck it. I'll just do a solo episode. Um, but yeah, that sucked. And I don't know. Yeah, that, that I don't get that. I mean, whatever. All right, whatever. I, I was about to just go off on, on this situation because it, like, if I really stop and think about it, it's fucked up. But whatever. I'm just not even going to think about it. You know, I dealt, I'll just deal with my emotions that came with it outside of the podcast. But that's why you're getting a solo episode today. I wasn't able to get a guest in time. I didn't really even try because I didn't want to, like, scramble to get one. And, you know, I've been asking more people to get on the podcast. Um, and I realized, like, it's not realistic for me to ask for somebody to be on the podcast with, like, three days notice. If I do that and they are able to do it, that's like luck or they have nothing going on, you know, but it's, you know, typically, I guess, I, I guess my point is I want to start getting guests who have shit going on. So I will have to guess like, or like plan this shit, like two weeks to a month ahead of time, which I should always be doing just to treat this more professionally, but whatever. That's why there's a solo episode guest at a no call, no show. And I'm trying to think if I should, if I should have her on, on the podcast at some point and just forget it. I don't think so, because, I mean, there's so many people out there, you know, it's like, whatever, you cut your losses, you move on, you know, and my, and, you know, my twist in mind, I'm always like, you know, I'll show them, you know, I'm one, when I'm one of the biggest podcasters in the world, they're not going to forget them doing a no call, no show, right? Or even just me personally, like the women that have done me wrong. <laughs> Like, even the women that have done me wrong, I'm like, you're going to regret that shit five years from now. When you see how big I am, you're going to come try to hit me up. Or even if you don't, they're going to just be thinking about it. There's never going to go a day. All right, whatever. That's my evil fucking, <laughs> my evil alter ego talking right there. But yeah, that's all the introduction I got to do. That was way longer than I should have made it. Whatever. All I got to say is before I actually get started with the podcast, the only bit of housekeeping I'll do is just emptyopinions.com go to the website everything is on there brand new design for the website you know what i mean everything is there more empty opinions podcast episodes both visual and audio you know the empty pages and your book club that i started with uh d uh video and audio in there you know my picks my empty picks of the week where i recommend movies shows and music you can check it out and i'm actually gonna do like some you know empty picks for this podcast, I'm actually going to rename this segment Empty Picks because to keep it all, you know, a lot of synergy within the brand. But then, yeah, you can find the empty playlist, everything I'm doing, the empty blog, literally everything. Sign up for the newsletter. All there. So make sure you check it out. EmptyOpinions.com. But all right, let's just get started with the podcast, with the topics. Here's the first topic that I want to talk about. <laughs> and this is this is going to be an interesting topic to talk about because it's already been debunked or has it that's another thing i want to get into but this week one of the bigger news stories was that apparently asap rocky was cheating on rihanna with like this other model like amani something i don't know and i would assume the internet went crazy i haven't been on the internet for or not on the internet on social media more specifically, I'm sure this was like a very big deal on social media. I've been trying to step back from social media because I've realized sometimes I can slip into these moods where I feel alone or like lonely, however you want to call it. 
are they the same thing, alone and lonely? People try to make a difference of those two words, but I don't really know if there's a difference. But regardless, we like, you know, for any of my fellow loners out there, you might be like always like doing shit by yourself because that's just what you're used to. And most of the time you're fine with it. But sometimes you step back and you look around, you're like, damn, I'm lonely. And then you want some human interaction as we all do. All humans want that. So with that, I realized whenever I'm, on, I'm in one of those moods, I can go to the social media and like try to subconsciously get some sort of connection from people. And when I find myself in that state, I can get increasingly more and more unhinged with wanting to have that kind of connection. And then I just had to step back from social media and realize I don't really like it in general. Like the only reason I tend to slip back and use it is because of FOMO. It's like, what the fuck is everybody talking about? It's, you know, friends. I want to see what they're doing. Beautiful women. I want to look at, I mean, whatever. I'm just being honest. But I realized that ultimately it does me more harm than it does me good because it just leaves me. It's like edging, you know, and I'm not going to even go into edging. If you know what it is, great. If you don't, I'm not going to explain it. It's too graphic, too nasty. It's gross. But that's how it feels when I'm in social media. It's like edging human interaction, right? It's like diet human interaction. Like it's not the whole thing. And it makes me want the whole thing even more. It's like eating a snack when you're hungry. That shit just makes you even hungrier. So that's my whole long-winded way of saying, I don't know how the internet responded to this. I know the internet system, you know, had thoughts on this because like the fact that ASAP Brocky, like he, okay, whatever. Let's, let's just make sure that everybody knows like the rumor got stepped on before it could even get fun. Like it took like a day before the person ASAP Rocky was allegedly cheating with, you know, like said, nah, this ain't happening. And so apparently it's not real, but you know, first of all, I was thinking about that. I was just like, there has to be some sort of kernel of truth to this because how the fuck does this news spread all over the place? I know false information spreads around, but when it's ASAP Rocky and Rihanna, like, I don't know where the fuck the rumor came from. I don't know anything about it. I just feel like whenever rumors like this spread around the internet, I I'm not necessarily going to say the whole thing is true, but sometimes there's like a kernel of truth, right? And the people coming out and dispelling the rumor doesn't necessarily mean that the rumor is not real. I don't know if ASAP Rocky actually cheated on Rihanna. All I'm saying is that we will never know. You know, and it actually makes me suspicious that this rumor only circulated for like a day. And even what made me even more suspicious is that apparently they're like in the Barbados now, just chilling. That above all makes me feel like this shit might be real. But regardless, what I want to talk about and the topic I want to get into is besides that, it's more about the idea of that I tend to hammer over and over again. This is one of those talking points this is one of those things i've been saying on this fucking podcast since like episode 30 like very early on in the podcast i've always been big on yo we don't know these celebrities you know we can get attached but we don't know them we don't know these people that you know we saw a lot of people tend to get a real close connection to also you can't trust social media relationships. This is one of the things this might as well be a fucking empty commandment. You know, add it to the five that me and cameo did. You cannot trust social media relationships. 
Because oh, the only thing you see are the good things, you know? And so it always bothers me when people put so much stock into, like, a celebrity's love life, right? The way that they, they're doing Rihanna and ASAP Rocky, even though early on, when it first came out that ASAP Rocky and Rihanna were dating, a lot of people were like, ASAP Rocky, right? Like, they were hating on ASAP Rocky. And I feel it. It's Rihanna. But I, I, maybe they've come around to it. And also, Rihanna's pregnant with ASAP Rocky's kid. So it looks cuter, you know? But here's what I'll say let's just pretend that this thing is true that ASAP Rocky def like did cheat on Rihanna. This is not a surprise, man. And this is just going to, like, how many more times do these type of stories have to come out for people to realize? That being a celebrity does not exempt you of being human and experiencing human shit. You know, it's like these celebrities are not gods. These celebrities will get cheated on like you have. <laughs> All right. That's a little, that's a little fucked up to say, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, if you've experienced something as a human, then it's very likely a celebrity will go through it as well. So that's what bothers me when like. People look at their own lives and then they look at Rihanna, right? And they're like, man, I wish I was like Rihanna or man, I wish I was like Beyonce because they're like gods to me. They figured this all out. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but they must know what they're doing. They must be above all this human shit that I'm dealing with. No, Rihanna could get cheated on at any time. Her being a billionaire, her being a celebrity, her being one of the best artists of all time. Does not exempt her from experiencing shit that people just experience on a daily basis? You know, I mean, that should have been clear with Beyonce and Jay-Z, but these people just keep forgetting, you know, like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, Beyonce can get cheated on. And people are like, how can you, how could Jay-Z cheat on Beyonce? How could any guy cheat on any woman? It's the same thing. And I actually do want to talk about that too. Like, what is it about just like, is like when I see so many stories of these celebrities getting cheated on, these men cheating. Is it? I mean, are all men just cheaters? Like I, I don't know. I don't want to just say that obviously because that's not true. Because you can't just use broad, broad strokes to paint everybody with, right? You can say everybody's a cheater. Um, every man is a cheater, but there might be some truth to that. No, like. At least a big majority of men. I, like, I don't understand. Maybe it's, I was trying to figure it out. I was like taking a shower earlier and I was just thinking like, maybe it's just rappers that are bound to cheat or like rappers or like basketball players or like football players or like if, if a guy is in a certain situation where they're known and a lot of women want them, right? And want to have sex with them. Maybe it's just bound to happen that those men are going to cheat. I don't know. Maybe it depends on age. I don't even know that either because Jay-Z was pretty old when he cheated on Beyonce. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know what it is about men cheating, but it seems like it's a real thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know why men cheat. Well, I do know why men cheat. Actually, that's not true. Men cheat because... Is presented to them. I don't think most men that cheat go look to cheat unless they're deeply dissatisfied with the relationship. But with a lot of celebrities, I think the reason they tend to cheat is because it's like, just think about it like a numbers game, right? It's like, 
You can hold off 20 beautiful, gorgeous, lustful women coming at this guy, right? To try to have sex with him, right? A guy can only say no for so many times. Like, I think, you know, it's like the law of, it's not the law of averages, but like, it's the law of, I don't know, it's a law. It's a fucking, you know, scientific law. Not the cheating part, but what I'm about to say. It's a law that, like, when you do something enough, something is going to happen. Like, this idea of, like, if you do something a hundred times, at least one of them might be successful. Like, if a hundred women are coming at a guy to have sex with them, and they're all beautiful, and they know exactly what to say and do, at least one, right? Like, you gotta, you like, that's what these people don't understand. It's like, when men cheat. It's like, or let's say these celebrity men, right? Because a regular guy is not getting a hundred women or maybe they are. I don't know, but I'm just saying humans are weak willed. <laughs> That's just a funny way to explain men cheating, but it's true. It's like you would have to be superhuman to decline a hundred women wanting to have sex with you as a guy, because as men, we're kind of meant to have sex, you know, it's for reproductive reasons but at this point we've gotten so separate from nature that you know it's not even about that anymore but come on like you gotta understand if a hundred women are coming at you to have sex with you that you do it with one <laughs> yo that's so fucking funny man but it, and it's fucked up, but I think that's what's happening with a lot of the celebrities. And that's why I tell everybody, every woman that looks up to these, you know, celebrity relationships or whatever is like, just think about the fact that like they're human. They're going to go through the same shit you have. If you've gotten cheated on or if you have experienced something, don't feel like it's a personal thing. It's a human thing. A lot of women have experienced cheating. That doesn't mean you should accept it, you know, but I'm just saying it happens. And I laid out why. Okay, that's 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 where I leave this ASAP Brocky and Rihanna conversation. The next topic I want to talk about, it's kind of like a reaction, but I've heard this song already and I love it, but it's also like the topic that this song creates. Yeah, you hear that sample, you know what the fuck is gonna go on. Let's go. Yeah. I love this song, man. I've been playing this song nonstop since I heard it. Come on, dog. Listen, listen, man. Listen, man. Here's what I'll tell you about this song. Again, I've been off social media for about two, a week and a half. And so I'm missing a lot of shit. And I didn't know this song was coming. I didn't know shit about this song. I didn't know that the original has been out for a while on TikTok. Apparently, K Flock shake it, like using the sample and the beat. I didn't know this remix was coming. I didn't know who the fuck the people involved in it were. I didn't know Cardi B put a snippet that people were going crazy over. I didn't know that K Flock and fucking what's the name of this guy, uh, Dougie B, is like you know they're both in jail. I didn't know any of this. I didn't know all the backstory. I just knew as soon as I heard this song. I was going crazy. I love it. Hey. 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 Come on. I mean, look, if 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 the Lizzo song, the new Lizzo song that just came out about damn time, it's like a feel-good summer song. This is like the fucking hyped up. For the streets, hear that shit, and you just want to fucking, you know, 
just get hyped up. That's why I love drill, because you hear this shit. How can you not get hyped? Hey. 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 Come on. got turned in his eye. Hey. Shake it. Shake it. Shake it. I mean, come on, man. Even that chorus itself is going to go fucking wild this summer. It's crazy. Those are the two. Those are the fucking, you know, the, the, <laughs> like the two fucking extremes of summer songs. It's either about the same time, a Lizzo pop fun song, like a funky pop song that makes you want to feel good about yourself and not feel stressed. And it's about this. You know what I mean? That boy got turned into Zot. That's one of the lines in this song. Come on. I love the I love the fucking extremes of summer music. And I love all of them. Shake it. Shake it. Hey. Hey. I mean, and before the Cardi B verse gets started, which is amazing, there's a reason I'm pulling this song up. I'm not doing really a reaction to it. I've heard this song already. I love it. But I think this song is going to help me go into a certain topic that I think makes sense and why I love this song so much as a, you know, on top of this just being a great, a, a great drill song. And I love drill music. I've been listening to drill music since 2020. I don't know. Like since the summer of 2020, when I first heard, like I got really like, obviously I knew a pop smoke, but what really got me into drill was the growth and development album from 22 G's. That's what really got me into drill. And ever since then, it's been crazy to see how big it's gotten. Then now even fucking Cardi B is hopping on the drill. You like what? None of these bitches is Come on. Come on. How can you not hear this and like just get fucking hyped? I love hype music, you know? Oh, it's music. All music has its purpose. But hype music in specific, I love it. I gotta step up, bitch. I'ma stop though. All of my eyes get mixed with the fuck. Grab up. Bro, bitch said she was gonna touch me. Like, she lying. Akuna Matata. Oh, the bro's not up and I vote for him. Oh, the asshole haven't got room for him. Yeah. That thing is friendly. Up in my Prada. Up in Balenci. But she thinking, know that I'm sanctioned. You crazy bitch. Bitch, I'm retarded. Look, I know we're not supposed to say this word. I know that. But when you yell it and it's on top of a drill song, I'm sorry. That should be the exception. For, well, maybe not the F word, the offensive, you know, <laughs> the homophobic F word. But like for most words, if you say it with a lot of aggression over a drill beat, it works. Shake it. You know what's so funny? I don't like dancing and I'm not a dancer, but this song makes me want to dance. That's part of the reason why I love drill a lot. It's just like that, that feeling you get the feeling, whatever, th just, there's just like a coolness to the song. That's great. But why did I bring up this song? Good question. I just think it's so cool that Cardi B, one of the biggest artists in the world, decided to hop on on a song from upcoming artists with a unique sound, like almost a new wave of the kind of music that's coming from the place she's from, the Bronx, and for her to jump in this song and give that look that assists to these young artists, right? Like, 
How fucking cool is that? And how many artists are there really out there that do that, right? Like, I'm from Philly. I am in Philly. I live in Philly. And so the only example I can come up with, or like the only scenario I can post to you guys, so you understand what I'm saying, is like, why doesn't Meek Mill do this kind of shit? Because there's a lot of Philly artists, Philly rappers on the underground scene that are coming up with a very unique sound, right? And the fact that there aren't people like Meek Mill doing this, where like they're jumping on this scene, it's, it's, it annoys me. And I actually, for this, I give props to like PNB Rock, who recently did like a, like a mixtape where he had a lot of these underground Philly rappers on his tape, like to try to get on their sound and like, you know, mingle with them and showcase their talent to the world exactly what cardi b did like why don't more big artists do that like i that seems like such a no-brainer to me where like it helps you because you're jumping on an early trend in music that is just gonna help you keep going it makes you tapped into what's actually happening in music so you don't become irrelevant but also you're giving back to the community you came out of right and you're showing love to the people that to the community that you were you know born in I don't know. I love the idea of like a big artist going back to the roots and like celebrating the new shit popping out of it because I guess in a way it can relate to me because I'm a podcaster in Philly and um, there's been a lot of big podcasters that have come out of Philly recently, you know, um, uh, Gillian Wallow from a million dollars worth of game. But I'm just saying like that idea of giving back, right? Like once you've made it coming back and putting a spotlight onto what's happening and you kind of that that new style rubbing off on you as an established artist and then it helping you keeping things going it's just smart and i mean drake is the one example that does it with everything not even just with toronto although he did do it with toronto with smiley but even he does it with anybody he did it with fucking what, what's his name uh the the, the guy the uh, uh uh look alive block boy jb like, he did it with Black Boy JB. He did it with I Love McConan, speaking of Toronto. Like, he's done it with a lot of people. Um, he does it with everybody. But even just the idea of, like, I don't know. This is just cool as fuck to me. Especially coming from Cardi B, which is... I mean, Cardi B isn't a fucking Baby Shark show. She's in a show for kids. She's the voice of one of the Baby Sharks, I guess. I don't know. I didn't fully read the news story. But, like, that's crazy. You know, that she could be that and be, like, a, a, a white America sweetheart. And also do this. You know, I love the, 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 I love, I love that. I love, I love the range, you know, I love that she decided to do this. I, I think it's just smart. And out of all the female rappers that have jumped into doing drill, I think she did it. Well, I mean, she did it how it was required of her to do it, which is very aggressive. You know what I mean? She was very like, you know, with that raspy voice. I don't know. I, I, I liked I, I like just seeing that and hearing the song was great, but also everything that that song stands for. I just loved it. All right. Now moving on into some in music industry news, I guess, continuing with music and whatnot. Numbers have come back. Record sale numbers for the first week have come back for Coy Ray and Fabio Foreign. And they're not looking good. <laughs> they're not looking good. And, you know. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about this idea because like the idea of numbers and what numbers mean and, and, you know, people putting a lot of stock into that. It's kind of interesting to me because I can kind of relate a lot, you know, because my podcast doesn't do numbers. 
That's obvious. You can just look at the numbers down below. But there's a certain thing about treating yourself like, I think numbers lie. I think numbers are not real. I think numbers are fake. I think you can't trust numbers. I think it's too easy to gauge shit by looking at numbers. I think there's a lot more to what you can do with your art that goes beyond numbers. And so that's how I treat my shit. And I think that's how you gotta kind of treat the Coil Array and Fabio Foreign. I don't know, man, because on the surface, it is kind of wild to think that you know, Fabio Foreign and Coil Ray, two artists that have been really blowing up over the past couple of years, have had massive hit singles coming out with their debut albums. And Coil Ray sells 11K and Fabio sells 30K. Like, that doesn't make sense. But I think it does in terms of this shit is gradual. You can't cheat your way to being one of the highest selling artists of all time. It honestly shows that like the idea of like treating success in terms of like viral songs doesn't actually make sense and doesn't actually help you. You know, I think that's what we're learning because let's just think about this. These are like debut albums from these artists who have been around for a while now, you know, like, yeah, like a year, two years where they've really been popular. And so in that way, you can't really expect their first albums to sell that much, but it's just, we've been seeing these artists for so long. So, like they're kind of shoved in our faces a lot, right? Or these are artists that a lot of people talk a lot about and have gotten a lot of looks from a lot of people. And I'll say a lot one more time, but I think that's why it's shocking to see these numbers because we like at this point, we're so familiar with them, but what, but what we don't realize is that's different who they are as people, as brands is different from artists and what their music sells. And this is what it's teaching us. And it's actually kind of like a, a good reminder to people that like, it's tricky because it's like, if you treat it as just music, they kind of failed. But like, again, these people are big brands, right? And they get a lot of brand deals and people recognize them. So in this kind of age of pop culture, fucking, you know, inundation in our minds where that's all we see at all times, I think that's actually more important. It's almost like these people doing music is a disservice to them. You know, isn't that wild how that, how that is. And I don't know if it's on purpose where like they're doing a lot of shit outside of music to try to be popular outside of music or if like, if they love music, I don't know if these people love music. I don't know, but it's obvious to me. A lot of people don't love music. They just want to be kind of recognizable and that's what a lot of viral songs do for them. But then when it comes to actual sales, it's like, to be honest, this is just a, 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 a good reminder for a lot of people that these are new artists, right? And like, in order to get record sales or for people to listen to a lot of your music, they got to be invested in you as an artist, right? They got to feel like, yeah, invested. Like this idea of like artists, you know, that's why these like legacy artists like Drake and Kendrick and J Cole, why they gonna sell a lot. And it's actually kind of impressive that even somebody like Travis Scott sells so much, you know, or like the weekend or like, I don't know. This has been a lot of interesting shit with numbers this year with music. Like let's even go back to gonna beating the weekend. That says something that's like, that actually kind of foretells this future with record sales where like these artists that are biggest brands and are being pushed, but you know what I mean? Like that are seen more as brands, like I said, 
rather than people caring about their music. I don't know. There's just there's a connection here between what the fuck happened with Gunna in the weekend and now Fabio and Coil Ray selling low, you know. But then the, the Gunna selling so much, and I think the correlation here is just like if you want people to listen to your music and give you a lot of record sales, they gotta feel like I'm gonna love a lot of this music, like a safe bet, and that's actually becoming the standard for a lot of art forms nowadays. It could be a music, it could be movies, it could be TV shows. If a consumer doesn't feel like, like the consumer has to feel like it's a safe bet that they're going to spend their time because now like a consumer's time is so limited and valuable and they, and the consumer understands that their time is valuable and they understand they can take their time and do different shit and listen to different shit and watch different shit. And you know, that's what's becoming obvious with me. You know, it's like, all that I can see is that. Let's say Gunna compared to Coil Ray and Fabio is like people are feel safer investing their time in Gunna than they do Coil Ray and Fabio. And that just makes sense because these people are more known for songs. There's the occasional song here and there that makes people like, oh, I know this song. Well, I kind of like that song, right? But in terms of like a whole album, I don't know if I'm going to invest my time into a whole album. This seems like a big, you know, in the, in the consumer's mind, it's like, that seems like a big commitment and that's why you get the numbers that you get so i think the numbers do reveal something and they're interesting but i don't think there's they're as alarmist as people think like just because coyler ray sells 11k doesn't mean she's irrelevant because she's getting her attention and her looks and her relevancy from elsewhere that's what that tells me but it just goes to show that also numbers don't matter because if you can sell if you can sell 11,000 records right on your first week and have the features that she has and have the endorsements that she has, especially with Fabi, like Fabi working with fucking Kanye of all people, right? Like the fact that you can sell 30K and work with Kanye means the numbers are, the numbers don't fucking matter at the end of the day. And you know, there's been a lot of people in the music industry that have said that explicitly. The numbers don't fucking matter. Don't get blinded by that. And people tend to get blinded by that. And now we see, like now it's becoming obvious for me because it's like, oh yeah, numbers don't matter. In like a negative way, but sometimes it become it makes you look like a hater if you see somebody making like 300k records sold in the first week. It's like, is that real? You know. And also maybe it's just that's the other thing I want to dive really deep into a little bit before we move on. The idea of like people are always talking about streaming farms and like places where you can go to pay to get your music inflated. Why didn't they do that with Fabio and Koi? Is it because billboards is cracking down on that? That could be it. Honestly, it's, it's so interesting, man. It's interesting that that, I mean, that might be the reason why they couldn't just go to a streaming farm and pump up their numbers because I don't see why the industry wouldn't just add 50 K to either of these artists in streaming. Maybe billboard is cutting down on that. And now we're starting to see. Maybe these are the real numbers for like the majority of artists that we thought would sell a lot. Maybe as the year goes on, we're going to start to realize, you know, if hopefully if billboards is cracking down on these streaming farms, maybe we're going to start to see that like these artists don't sell shit. It's all smoke and mirrors. They don't sell anything. You know, this relevancy is just the way they want you to see them. And that goes a lot with how important image is like the fact that we thought Coyle Ray and Fabio would sell more than they did goes to show that image is very important because if you just look at the facts and the fact that these are their f debut albums 
and they've only had like hit singles here and there but not even that many and not even that big maybe there's something there all right and the last topic is not gonna be elon musk trying to buy twitter i could give two fucks about that i haven't even been on twitter in the past couple of weeks so i don't give a fuck if he buys it or not apparently it's a big deal like i'm looking at news stories and people are like losing their minds over it move on nobody gives a fuck here's what does matter this matters even more than Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter. And it's the fact that Kendrick and Drake are going to beef at one point. If it's not this year or next year, it's going to come. You know, it's building slowly because, you know, obviously that leak of a collaboration between Jack Harlow and Drake, where Drake is apparently dissing Pusha T. And that became the news story. That became the thing that everybody was talking about. Like, yo, Drake, this Pusha T again. Oh my God, they're about to start this beef once again, you know? And I understand why people are focusing on that because that was a big deal when that happened, what, three years ago in 2019? That was definitely a big deal. But here's what I'll say. One, I don't like leaked tracks. I don't like people listening to leaks. I don't know. As a, as a, as somebody who makes content, if there's something that I make that I don't want out there and somebody leaks it or like, like before I'm ready to share it, that would bother me. I think I'm against leaks in general, but two, the most important part of this leak track is the one bar where he's seemingly dissing Kendrick Lamar. I think the bar is something like, how are you going to say you're running the game and you're not even in it? And I'm like, oh, that's like spicy. And it contributes to my theory I've had for a while that fucking Drake and Kendrick have been going back and forth very subtly and nobody has been paying attention to it. And I've been saying this shit for a while. I don't know who started it, but I don't know if it was like, I'm trying to think which one came first. I'm actually going to look up. I'm going to look up if the song with Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar came out before or after Certified Lover Boy came out. I think that song came out before. Okay, this song, Family Ties, came out August 27th, 2021. Okay. Uh, in, when the I think Certified Lover Boy came out in September. September 3rd, 2021. Okay, so actually I was wrong. So Certified Lover Boy came out a month after, or like a couple of, like, actually like what, two weeks? Like a week. It was like a week after that Family Ties song came out. Interesting. So... There might not have been direct like responses in these two projects, but there were definitely disses towards Drake and towards Kendrick from either side or from both sides in these two projects. So let's just talk about which one came out first. So obviously that was Baby Keem, Kendrick Lamar, Family Ties, Kendrick's big comeback, you know, on that Baby Keem song to promote it. That song even won a Grammy, so... Shout out to Kendrick just fucking helping out his cousin in the biggest ways possible. Like, that's crazy. Like, winning a fucking Grammy and being one of the biggest songs of last year just because my cousin jumped jumped on it. That's a fucking, you know what I mean? Nepotism at its best. And I don't hate nepotism. I think it's actually good. People have like to trash it. But it's like, if what, am I not going to take advantage of something I was born in that is readily available to me that makes no fucking sense? Whatever tangent aside i'm actually gonna look up the lyrics to this song um because it's gonna definitely prove my point i'm gonna look up exactly which lines in this song were aimed at drake so i can show you guys the fucking timeline of of this is between each other and why this new leaked verse from drake on that jack harlow song just shows that these two are gonna fucking like really 
beef at a certain point. I already revealed the line. You know, sometimes I try to get fucking fancy with like how I'm explaining shit and try to create a fucking narrative. Whatever. Maybe it's some Tarantino shit where I revealed the ending already. So let's just go back and see where it started. So obviously one of the most iconic lines of that Kendrick Lamar verse on that Family Ties song is obviously smoking on your top five tonight. Smoking on your top five tonight. Tonight. Smoking on the what's your name tonight. Tonight. Smoking on your shows in tonight. Alright, before he gets off, that's all I had to show, right? Smoking on your top five tonight. That's not aimed at anybody specifically. But it is at your top five. And who's most typically on everybody's top five in terms of rappers? Who's most typically number one? That's Drake. So already, even if it's not direct, he's for sure talking about Drake. And I'm pretty sure the Joe Budden podcast like mentioned this when this song first came out. Like they were like, yeah, obviously he's coming at the top five. Like this is a very direct threat. It's not about subjective top fives. It's about the objective top five. This might be a reach. But at the end of or like at a certain part, I'll look it up. But at a certain part, you know, Kendrick mentions this Kanye West. And at first, a lot of people thought like he was dissing Kanye. He just mentioned Kanye for a very specific reason around this time. I wonder who was beefing with Kanye at this time. That, at the time that this song dropped, huh? 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 Ain't nobody safe when I come up killing everybody that's outside. Who you with? Yeah, Kanye changed his life, but me, I'm still an old school Gemini. Bitch. Let me jump in this bitch. And now... This is the biggest, most obvious diss in this song above all of these. Because you could say the other two with like reaches, but this was not. Like the very last couple of bars of this song are talking explicitly about Drake. And I'm kind of mad that Genius didn't fucking annotate this because this is clearly talking about Drake. But listen how Baby Keem ends this song. Stop playing, I'm that guy. Number two DM in my bitch. That's, that's cool, cool. I don't that's ask why. why. Who's number two in this scenario? Have like I feel like people didn't talk about this line enough, but it's clearly Drake. He's like, baby, this is kind of a very direct shot. He's just like, yo, why the fuck? First of all, it's insulting to call Drake number two because it's implying that Kendrick is number one. That's just insulting to be like number two DMing my bitch. That's cool. I don't ask why. Which is kind of like a flex. It's like, yeah, Drake is hitting up my bitch. It's fine. But the real diss is calling Drake number two. That's fucked up. So already I laid my case. Why well, I guess this is where it would start. This these little you know shots being thrown at one another, you know, that I picked on. Maybe there's more even going further back. But from what I've noticed, this is where I started to, you know, pay attention. Like, is why is Kendrick dissing Drake? Okay, now going fast forward a week, certified lover boy dropped. Which is already kind of funny that Drake dropped a week after Kendrick dropped. You know what I mean? Like that that song dropped and then the next week Drake dropped an album. That's kind of curious timing in my opinion. But I'm not going to have time to go through the whole fucking album to try to find every single disc. But I do remember even tweeting as much. I literally said there's multiple Kendrick Lamar disses on Certified Loverboy. I actually even talked about it with my friend. Like there was a lot of moments where... Like, I was texting him, like, yo, bro, like, you're hearing this too, right? Like, Drake is dissing Kendrick a lot. And I guess the last piece of evidence that they've been going at each other, you know, that album, forget. I mean, go back and re-listen to the album, one, to see that it's not as bad as everybody said, you know? But also that if you really pay attention, there's multiple places where Drake is dissing Kendrick. I wish I had time to look for every single diss, but I don't. But now you fast forward, and then Drake is saying this against Kendrick, and I just think... Whenever Kendrick drops, 
which should be soon. I'm honestly getting kind of mad that like, what the fuck is Kendrick doing? Right? Like just drop the fucking album, you know? Like how much more do, time do you need? Like the album's ready. You know, I feel like the album's been ready for like two years. He's just waiting for I don't know what. But whenever Kendrick does drop, and after that line that Drake just said about Kendrick when he said, Why are you trying to say you're running the game when you're not in it? Which is a legitimate grievance. I agree with Drake on that one. Whenever that Kendrick Lamar album drops, there's gonna be some Drake disses. And hopefully they beef because I feel like they've been kind of, they're, they're like kind of flirting around it. And that's like the beef that everybody really wants to see, right? Like Kendrick versus Drake. That's like what those are the, the two guys that have been competing for the number one spot for like more than 10 years now. So I feel like I'm very excited for that beef to come. And I'm also predicting that it will come because of the aforementioned reasons. But all right, that's everything I really kind of wanted to talk about in terms of topics. Now I want to do this one last segment before I end the podcast. And that's going to be just talking about some recommendations, some quick recs, or I guess as I renamed the segment, empty picks that I have for this podcast. The first is going to be, and these are all going to be quick. These are going to be like, hopefully less than a minute. I do tend to talk a lot. So hopefully I don't talk too much. But the first recommendation I want to say is coffee. If you don't know what coffee is, K-O-F-F-E-E. She's a Jamaican artist. She recently dropped an album called Gifted. And if you just want summer vibes, like this album is it, man. Like this is one of those albums I'm definitely, like I started this podcast talking about like a summer song and how so many people want that song of the summer title. I feel like coffee is going for the album of the summer title because this is such an enjoyable, just feel good you know, Jamaican, you know, reggae type inspired music, which, you know, you may or may not like reggae, but I feel like the musician, the musicianship in this album is so good that that's enough for anybody to listen to it. Like you don't even got to enjoy reggae to enjoy the songs that she has on this. That's my first recommendation. Coffee's gifted. You can check out that album in terms of an EP. Not necessarily, it's, it's, you can, you can say it's summer-ish, only because it's so chill. It's like great and chill R&B music. It's Matt Keen and Esther, who I've heard of Esther, like I think I know Esther's like a producer. I've seen that name before, but Matt Keen, I hadn't heard that name before. Um, and I had YouTube recommended their song to me for whatever reason. I guess YouTube, the, alg the YouTube algorithm, man, they know what the fuck I like. So I saw it. I'm like, oh, I wonder what this music is. And then I think, I don't know how I found this information. Oh, this is what it was. When one of their videos was suggested to me, the videos had like even barely, like the songs barely had a thousand views. But as soon as I saw that soul action, that was the name of the YouTube channel. I was just like, this is going to be fire. Like if you know selection, like I think uh, Black used to be part of Selection, Gold Link. There's a lot of talented people that were that have been involved with Selection in the past. Like Sango. Like there's a lot of like great musicians on that label. So I knew I was in for a treat, but man, it's only six songs, but it's one of my favorite EPs I've heard in a while. Like every song is so fucking good. They have a song with Joyce Rice in there. Even from the first song, I was just like, oh yeah, this is what I love. This is what I enjoy. And so, you know, I'm just recommending that to y'all if y'all enjoy some fucking great R&B. Some of the best R&B I've heard in a while, too, which actually surprised me. Because I listen to a lot of R&B, and I hadn't heard of Matt Keen. But just 
undeniably great R&B music if you're into that. So that's one more empty pick for your top, for your head top. All right, in terms of TV shows, you may have heard a lot of people buzzing about it if you're in the circles of people who like these buzzy shows, like mystery, like mystery box, like like shows like Mr. Robot or like True Detective or like these shows that are meant for you to like theorize and talk about Westworld. If you enjoy those type of shows, you're going to love Severance. Severance is this new show on Apple TV Plus. One of my favorites of the year. I think so far it's my favorite. I haven't seen, you know, I've only finished about three shows, but it's such an incredible show. Incredibly well-made first season. Like from the very first episode to the last episode, it's plotted out perfectly. Like so perfectly, in fact, that the last episode was only like 40 minutes. And you think, how are they going to fit a lot in 40 minutes? And you're like, oh no, they set everything up so perfect. That for the last episode, they don't even need to do that much. They just have to do this certain thing. And that works for a 40-minute episode. And that's what I'm like. These motherfuckers know what they're doing. And the show is just great. Great premise. Great metaphor for a lot of things. You can make it a metaphor for a lot of things. Great acting. Great mysteries. Great structure. The way it's, like, technically speaking, one of the best-made shows I've seen in a long time. So, yeah. Give Severance a chance, you know, on Apple TV Plus. You're not going to regret it. If you watch it as a season, like, you know, the pace might be not be the best for a lot of people. But I feel like if you take it as a season, right, if you actually finish the whole season, it will be incredibly satisfying and also leave you in the edge of your seat and wanting more. So that's my recommendation for a TV show. And now I just got to recommend, I feel like most people know because a lot of people watch Gerard Carmichael host snl like i guess snl still a lot of people try to say snl is not relevant but it definitely is especially by how big gerard kermichael became even as just as a topic but even if you don't watch snl i'm just gonna tell you to go watch gerard Carmichael's rothaniel it's a comedy special it's his third on hbo the second the one he did last which was like in 2016 called eight i loved it's one of my favorite specials ever and this one, it's Hook, besides the title, Rathania, which is a mystery in and of itself. Also, the fact that he comes out as gay in this special. And I know you may hear that and be like, how is that funny? Like, you're kind of done with these fucking comedians trying to make comedy specials, but they're not funny. And sometimes it's cool to see them, but like, I just want to laugh. This one is very funny because Gerard Carmichael is legitimately funny. So even when he does a more artsy shit or like where he's being vulnerable, he can still turn that switch and be a legitimate comedian. And I love that. And I think that's why I love this so much. So I would say in terms of a long form narrative or show, I guess long form is a show because it's long, but short form to me, I think of like a short movie length shit, something to watch that is movie length. Definitely check out Gerard Carmichael's Rothaniel. And that's how I'm going to stop this episode. <laughs> stop this episode. I do have to stop. I use that word for a very specific reason. My throat, it's like about to collapse on me at any time. I'm going to lose my voice at any second now. You know, I'm slightly coming out of being, you know, filled by allergies. Like allergies were kicking my ass this whole week. And I'm kind of coming out of it. But my throat is still kind of very dry. I've been drinking water the whole fucking time. And still, I feel like. I'm like slowly, every time I keep talking, it's like scraping a part of my fucking vocal cords. So I got to stop this episode. I've been your host, Eladio Blanco. I don't know why I said that because you know I, I haven't changed. I've been the same. 
This has been episode 170. And the way I'm going to end this episode, I'm going to be playing a song from this new Vince Staples album, which I very easily could have recommended. But, you know, I want to get it varied, right? This could have been an album I recommended because it's a, it's a great album. It's another solid album by Vince Staples who just doesn't really miss in terms of whenever he drops a full-length project. One of my favorite songs on there is When Sparks Fly. I love the vibe of it in general because it's like one of those late-night drive, just chill, like bring the fucking windows down on your car just like if you want to get sad you can fucking cry a little bit to it too you know what i mean so i loved it for that but it's also like a legitimately great track because it's that even the title when sparks fly is supposed to be a double a, a full the, the whole song is a double entendre about love and violence and like gang violence so even the title when sparks fly it's like when you're in love with somebody, sparks are flying. But when you fucking are shooting your gun, sparks fly. That's literally that title is such a perfect title for what the whole song is. On top of it musically being my jam. You know what I mean? Like it also lyrically one of the most clever songs I've heard in a while. It's actually legitimately impressive. One of the best songs of the year for sure. And that's what the song that I'm going to be playing to end this episode, though. So, thank you guys so much for watching and listening, and I'll catch you guys next week. Baby, keep me closely Love it when you hold me Know that I'm a real one I don't do no ghosting I know that you love me You don't gotta show me Off to the world Please hide me from the police Everywhere you go We together Inseparable You know I'm down for whatever Protective of you I don't wanna use protection with you But the glove will keep you safe If you ever get loose Never put you in a jam Hold whatever for you When you first shot your shot I knew you would be the one To hit the spot only you can make it clap for the homies I am not on the late nights Me and you circling the block Trying to make it pop Put that pussy nigga across the street from Cherry Park Hope we don't get caught Don't you break my heart Love how you illuminate my thoughts Damn, can't believe they took you from me 
Kicking in your front door, looking for me Hit me in our secret place Nothing I can do for you but sit and wait Contemplate Did we leave a trail, did we make mistakes? Can't drop on your bill, can't check on your case Know that you won't tell, that's why I'm afraid You'll probably never get to see the light of day I'm ashamed to say I think I hate you now We should've took him on the chase cause I can't save you now At least give me a chance to try to lay him down Is you tripping, you forgetting that we made these vows? Still here I am, waiting around, dreaming that you coming home Right your wrongs, take me out I can't wait until you bust it down Probably go a hundred rounds Right now, for something that he had no business doing. What did he do? They said he killed somebody.